What is up, fellow bros? It's Nick from the Arsenal Bros Podcast. I'll be joined by Kevin and Ben today to discuss more about the 3-0 drubbing at Southhurst Park. So as we drown our sorrows together, we'll chat a little bit about what that looked like and just try to find some positive energy being around each other, knowing that we're not alone in this. Let's have a listen. All right, back with the Arsenal bros. Unfortunately, a part of what we agreed to for the podcast was to do match reviews. And of course, our first match review is a 3 0 loss. Very humbling indeed. So, Ben, we'll, just, we'll start with the lineup. Ben, what did you think of the lineups? Just to go over the lineups, we had Ramsdale back in goal, Cedric again at right back. Ben White with Gabriel, as always. Nuno Tavares coming in after some big Karen Tierney news. We had our familiar three of Shaka Party and Odegaard. And we had our front three of Saka, uh, Lacazette, and Smith Rowe in for Martinelli. So, Ben, what did you think initially of the lineup? Uh, I was fine with it, especially knowing that KT was out. I uh, initially missed it. But then the news started circulating that it was bad, and I was—I'm a Nuno fan. Uh, that's being tested at the moment, as we'll get into in a little bit. So I was excited. I thought it would give us a little more speed and athleticism, allow uh, Emil to cut in a little bit, which is good. I was surprised Martinelli played really well for Brazil. Uh, a little selfish for the Brazilian team, but thought he would retain his place give us a little more speed but uh i guess i was fine i'm fine with the change of to me it feels like they're 1a 1b pretty interchangeable kevin thoughts on the lineup i think similar to what benny just said i know seeing Tavares in the lineup was a bit of concern at first i think i even sent you a message saying that i start i'm starting to feel a little bit nervous about the match and I feel like every game with Smith Rowe and Martinelli, you can always make an argument for the other guy, but they've just been so successful no matter who's played that I, I felt confident with that change. Even pregame, I still felt confident that we could get a result out of the match. Absolutely. It was the Tierney news was a little of a bombshell and people started freaking out. This honestly I'm not too shocked because I how injury-prone he's been over his first two years. To me, it was only a matter of time. He has a lot of these niggly injuries. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened with Scotland, but we didn't know about it when it happened. He came back, and now we find out today he's out for the season. Um, yeah, the Smith-Rowe-Martinelli thing is is no shock. Um, they just seem to – he seems to pick them for whatever reason. I agree with Ben. You know, he was – uh, Martinelli coming back from Brazil with so much confidence. It looked like he was really playing playing with it. And so it's kind of surprised to see that. But otherwise, it's good to see Ramsdale back. So let's go through the goals. So first goal, um, rewatching it today, Ben White with a very unnecessary foul on the high right wing as he traditionally steps in and wins those challenges right on the back, just absolutely clatters Zaha. Zaha's going the other way. Uh, Zaha, the most followed player in the league. And 
with Cedric right there. It was a clumsy foul for sure. Gallagher plays a great ball in. And I know Nuno takes a lot of flack for not jumping. But in his defense, Gabriel misses it. I mean, they both should be going, but Gabriel just totally missed it. Anderson across Mateta in 1-0. Kevin, thoughts on that goal? I, I had a bad feeling uh, looking at it. What did you think when Gallagher was lining up and played that over the top? Yeah, I think I agree with everything you just said, to be honest. I think goals are always a a chain of events. It's all it's almost always hard to pin a goal on one guy. And like you said, Ben White making a bit of an unnecessary challenge. Didn't feel like we were in much danger or that he needed to make that challenge. And then you're right, Nuno not necessarily going up for the ball in the box. I'd like to see him be stronger there, especially with his frame. But Gabrielle the same way, just not didn't feel like they were fully locked in in that moment, especially even to start the match. It felt like Palace came out on top and was had their foot on the gas from the get-go. And I was hoping that first goal would kick us into gear a little bit. We looked very rough. You could tell the intensity was there. It reminded me so much of last year when we played there. The Palace fans are are great, and they do an incredible job of backing their team and making it a pressure cooker the Monday night after internationals. We all kind of knew what kind of game this was, and it most certainly was for us. Ben, any other thoughts on the first goal? Deflating, but we've been great offset pieces. Yeah. An, an early goal that – what did you think of it? Well, looking back – Again, it looked like as the ball got played to the back post, everyone lost their their guys they were tracking in the middle. And so he had just a free header on the double. And so I was a little disappointed that Ben White wasn't anywhere close to anyone uh, on the Mateta goal. I thought maybe he just got caught ball watching a little bit. Not solely on him, I think chain of events, but it wasn't a great look that Mateta was just wide open. I do think that when that ball goes over you from there, it's it's naturally easy to, to ball watch and not think it's going to come back across. Because I, I thought Gabriel and Nuno on the back post had great position. Yeah. Had, you know, one missed it and the other one didn't make it an attempt. And Anderson is able to get a free header across in, in that area. I don't think Ramsdale's doing anything about it. And, uh, yeah, that I mean, if it goes over your head as a coach, you expect that your guys will take up a position, expecting it to come back in, be pessimist defensively, and expect it to come back in. But unfortunately, I didn't see that. Um, we did not respond well after the goal. They were still snapping, and it only took eight minutes for them to score another Anderson assist. Um, this was a an odd one, Lacazette. Um, on the right wing, similar spot to where the follow was. Didn't win a 50-50. It goes to Anderson at about half, and he just clips the ball in. And again, Nuno is the one that's in the mud, but Gabriel again sliding in unnecessarily, missing it. Nuno flat-footed um, as a result of Gabriel missing it. So two very different goals, but two very identical instances happen, which is surprised because – they're both Portuguese speakers, Gabriel from Brazil, Nuno from Portugal. And I would have liked to think that would have been communicated. 
better, but I know Nuno's been out in the cold. I know Gabriel's had quite the emotional week with the birth of his daughter. Um, ben, we're, we're both parents, so we both know what that first week is like. I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but I know that's an emotional week. But what were your thoughts on that quick fire second goal? I, How many times do we have to have a, the talk about a center back sliding for Arsenal? And it causing us a goal. I mean, it's, that it's was, been a while. It has been, and so I guess an old ghost came back to haunt us. I it just if he stands up there and just defends, I think we're wait. It's an easy clearance out. The pass isn't coming at a great pace. Uh, it's hard to control that. It was a great touch by Ayu. Um, yeah. I mean, just just stand up and defend. Yeah. Yeah, and I think. It was frustrating because before the game, you're seeing reports about how long it's been since IU scored and how he's the guy who always seems to score against Arsenal, which makes it all the more frustrating. And I think I just look at it that, like I said, for the first goal, we seemed that we were on the back foot to start the game. Mm-hmm. And you got to give Palace credit with the way they came out. It was they had it was like they needed to overturn a Champions League result that they lost by two goals in the first match and they came out mm-hmm. just foot on the gas every guy going forward playing with all that energy in it and we were second to everything we were reacting to everything and wasn't honestly even surprised when the second goal went in I wasn't either if anything especially at the first goal it reminded me of Wolves to where it's like well it's early. It's early enough. And I hope, <laughs> you know, as, as Gallagher set the first ball down, I thought, well, if this goes in, we have plenty of time. It goes in the second one. I think the second one was just such a, such a shock. Um, a great ball from Anderson, great run in from IU, but IU with one goal in 56 league games. It's, it's amazing that he's playing in the first place, but amazing honestly i'm not surprised that arsenal is one that can break a streak like that um we have a we have a way about ourselves for for seeming to break these inevitable streaks so that we do and uh there wasn't much going on the rest of the second the rest of the first half we didn't seem to we had a, a soccer cross and a an attempt of a header from Lacazette, but that was always a tough angle. And that was about it. Um, we really struggled. I think we had a corner right before half. We did. Gabriel had a, he actually got to a decent position, but mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't get any power on it. Yeah. He couldn't quite control his leap after control his body after he jumped and, and that was poor. So we go into halftime two nil. I'm still thinking, you know, we can get something out of it. Thinking at this point, it's the match is gone, but thinking, I think we could get something out of this. And, you know, as much as it would, would have been two points dropped, a point after the circumstances, there's value. In, in the tight race that we're in, a point, you know, could make all the difference. So wasn't throwing everything away. Um, again, another Nuno, big change from Nuno. Nuno dropped at halftime, second start in a row for, for him since the Nottingham Forest FA Cup games where he comes in and, He's hooked at half. Martinelli comes in, left wing. Smith Rowe drops in. Kevin, what did you think of the change? I 
so it's actually the exact change. I think it's easy for us as fans to call for big changes at halftime, but it, it was the exact change that I was hoping for with Jaka dropping into left back and then bringing Smith Rowe into the midfield and and moving that way. I was very happy that we did it. I love to see us going for it and felt like it gave us – it put us on the front foot to begin the second half, and I think that played out with the chances we were able to create early on in that second half. Yes, there were two very scorable chances that we created um, in the 62nd and 66th minute the first being a Smith Rowe chance that I don't think he was expecting after watching it again. It, it came to him in a fortuitous position about eight yards out and just a little underneath him and tried to steer it far post and got just all heel on the ball and straight to Guaita. Big let off for them, a goal there, and we're in for an absolute barn burner. Um, and without that, we did create another good chance. And Ketia coming on quite early for his standards. Again, another positive substitution. I know it's in Ketia and nobody gets excited about him anymore when he comes on, but he did bring us to life and um, he created a great chance for Odegaard who got it all wrong. He's calling for it coming in from the right side, coming in on his left, but just did not make And Ketia played a great ball to him and Odegaard just could not connect cleanly. So after that, you thought, well, I don't know if we could get two more, two more chances to do that, um, and then we lead to Zaha's goal, a uh, a clearance to where he's going, 1v4, and Odegaard, as similar to United, clips, clips the player backtracking, and Tierney took forever to make the call. I, I wasn't shocked that he called it. I was shocked that it took so long, but that was surely done and dusted at that point. The second... Zaha foul that led to a goal that day and I know we were all worried about Zaha versus Cedric and Cedric didn't seem to play a part in the fouls or the build up to it but he really did give us fits didn't he yeah he was bright on the day I thought Vieira had a good game plan just exploiting that left our right hand channel kind of in the half space there between the center between Ben White and Cedric and it just gave him all the confidence and then to add insult to injury uh, Partey trying to control the ball pulls his hammy then yeah. we go down and give away a needless pen yeah the pen I mean I think the game we could have gotten two goals I don't want to say that it was past this but momentum wise we had nothing and especially losing Tommy at that point um, I'm reading quad, a similar injury to he's had. Who knows? Sambi didn't look bad. I actually think he looked pretty well. And I think I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what things look like moving forward. But I think um, him in a lone six could be something he's more used to. But we did have a chance. The ball fell to Smith Rowe. Somehow didn't go in the goal. He had a, a great clean strike with the left volley, um, blocked off the line. And at that point, you're like – nothing's going in and and uh you're about ready to turn the tv off at that point so three nil at southhurst park not what any of us expected and twitter was aflame 
the rest of the night, but not in a positive way. So let's go through match ratings quick. I'll do the back line in Ramsdale. Ben, you'll do the midfield, and Kevin will have you do the front line. So I'll start with Ramsdale. We'll give him we'll give him a five. To be fair to him, he didn't have too much that he could have done much about. He made one decent save on a, a great left-footed Mateta strike. Uh, pretty close at him, but it was struck cleanly. Um, but he had a hard time influencing the game, Ramsdale, um, and didn't think he had much that he could have done about any of the goals. Uh, Cedric, I'll give him a five as well. Um, seemed to have a hard time um, knowing when to go and when to stay and, and getting forward. Ben White, I'll give a six. Gabriel, I'll have to go lower. I'll have to go to a. <laughs> I'll have to go to a three. We'll get our rating system down, but. I'll have to go to a three because I see two glaring errors that lead to a goal. If he wins that header on, I mean, if he just gets a nick on it, Mateta's not getting it and it's out for a corner and maybe we take care of business and we can just ride it out longer. But then sliding in, I don't know if that was him thinking he had to make up for it, but sliding in, missing and um, left Ramsdale on a 1v1. You know, I'm going to go with a four, um, not directly. At fault, in my opinion, but did not clean up for his compatriot, Gabriel, whatsoever. And being hooked at halftime is not a good look. I'll be interested to see what things look like going forward. So, Ben, thoughts on Partey, Odegaard, and Xhaka? Yeah, I thought Partey was off it. It felt like he couldn't connect the pass. I'll probably give him a four and a half. Seems a little harsh. He's played i'll give him a five he, he played into it a little better in the second half but hmm. one of uh between him and and odegaard i i thought it was one of their worst games of the season uh Jaka played played pretty well i thought he was tidy didn't provide a lot going forward in the first half though no one did uh, filled in nicely at left back um i give him a six i thought he was one of our better players for sure somebody yeah. when the chips were down provided some stability as he always does mm-hmm. yeah connected well from from the left back position was dangerous settled us down a little bit got things moving and then Odegaard oof, I gotta go three I mean he his first touch was miserable in the first half missed a sitter gave away a pen uh I think he's been our most consistent player in the last few months and I just think he was off it. Yeah, I think I think these match ratings are going to sound harsh, but I do think for the standards that these players have set for themselves, um, I I would be one to argue that we didn't play terribly, but and the scoreline doesn't quite accurately reflect reflect that because second half we were we were on it and it was better, but not the standard. I think the standard that we had kept. Um, and the the reaction, the performance that we got was quite poor. So I think that's reflecting in some of these ratings. Kevin, what are your thoughts on uh, Saka, Lacazette, and Smith Rowe slash Martinelli? Yeah, and I'll just go back to what you just talked about. It felt that it was a weird, a bit of a weird result. And right before Palace got that penalty, was just looking at their their XG was only 0.8 for the game, not that high. Had created two goals, and you look at those two chances we missed it very easily. 
could have been a different scoreline, but mm. that's exactly how football works and what makes it the best sport in the world is it can be cruel and friendly all at the same time. But as far as the forwards go, I think we'll start with Saka. And like you said, it's easy for us to praise guys when things go well, but we also have to be able to talk about the reality of games that aren't up to the standard they set. And I didn't think yesterday was Saka's best performance, clearly in an Arsenal shirt. I'd probably give him a five out of 10. I think that he was the one guy, especially in the first half that you felt like was dangerous and we were going to create something when he got the ball, but also credits got to go to Mitchell because he I think, mm-hmm. defended him very, very well. You could see their plan was to keep Saka from beating them to the end line, beating him on the flank. They wanted to force everything central. And when the midfielders aren't connecting and are playing poorly, like Ben said, that really slowed down our attack. I think Lacazette, this might seem harsh. I'd probably give him a three out of 10. To be honest, I can't remember him impacting the game outside of the header in the first half that really wasn't too much he could do with it, but just felt like he was anonymous. Palace was able to just keep him in front and the center backs didn't have hardly anything to do. Hmm. Um, I think I think the only other impact that I can think of is when – and initially I thought he laid it off, but it was when he um, bundled the ball. To Smith-Rowe. To Smith-Rowe, but it looked like it was a miscontrol that fortuitously fell to him. One of those plays that is a nice assist if it goes in or the, yes. cross, the cross that turns into a shot. That of course, you meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Smith-Rowe. Say similar to Saka, I'd give him a five out of ten. I think that it really hurt him because he didn't have much out of Nuno in support, so he was very isolated out there. And then sometimes Nuno was just bombing forward and going into his space, and didn't felt like he was ever comfortable on the flank out there. Hmm. And what about Martinelli? He seemed to bring a bit of a spark as what we were hoping to maybe get continuing from his Brazil performances. Absolutely. I, I would give him the highest out of about anyone on the team. I'd probably give him a seven out of 10. I think that he changed the game. Just his direct nature offers something so unique to our attack and is exactly what we needed. And unfortunately, Palace at that point were well willing to sit in protecting the two goal lead. But even with them playing that way, his ability just to go at you one-on-one is something that we were missing and was playing with the pace and the urgency that Palace's attack played within the first half. So I thought that was that was a another good performance, I'd say, from Gabby. And then Eddie, who's such a unique player for Arsenal, I think fans have been very frustrated with him in the past. It felt like he's done, doesn't care too much. And especially after the Villa game, there was a lot of people that walked away feeling that way. And actually felt that he did yesterday was one of his performances. You felt like he wanted to be there. And Hmm. now I don't think it was a great performance necessarily. He had a chance or two that he could have done better on, but I'd probably give him a five out of 10. 
again, not his best performance, but for like he offered some unique things and was, you felt that he wanted to put the ball in the back of the net, which I'm not saying that you could say Lacazette throughout most of that game. How ironic for Eddie and Ketia with a deal agreed with Palace, but couldn't come to personal terms as one of our brightest attackers at Palace. That's just Arsenal contracts expiring. I, I thought about that the entire time that we played. I was like, this is it's just it's interesting. That's how it and goes. Zaha's the same way. Every summer he's linked to us, and every summer it doesn't <laughs> work out. And we play Zaha, and he is the best player in the world, it seems like. We can't do anything to slow him down. He definitely seems like he's got something extra to prove. I mean, he's been lighting it up. He had five goals in seven games, and uh, that certainly – continued he there was an aura when he was on the ball like something's gonna happen and it it led to that no doubt so thank you for the match ratings we'll do a quick word on palace they were they were quality weren't they i mean we they, over the years we've really had a hard time with them and credit to Vieira. i think we've all seen how, what he's done um as hodgson left and the team has been gutted and it's been younger more possession-based, more attacking-based, some really, really exciting signings this summer in Olise, in Mark Gehi, uh, promoting Tyreek Mitchell, um, the loan of Gallagher, Odson Edward. You know, these are all exciting, talented players, and you're adding that to Eberichi Eze, who I don't think he featured much, if any, yesterday, um, and Christian Benteke, just, just some quality overall, but they were good. Who were you guys most impressed with from Palace? I think it was Saha. I mean, he caused us... He dipped in and out of the game a little bit um, as we controlled more in the second first half. I mean, he was... Things were just moving and running through him. I think he was... He just really showed up. Um, Gallagher is good. Matete was really strong. I, mm. thought, I thought he was dangerous. Those first few minutes, I just you could just feel that we were in it. Um, to, to be fair, it's been a while since there's been a center forward that's really bullied us like that. We've had that in the past, but it's been a long time since we've had something like that. But my, oh my, Mateta came in, was a bull in a china shop, and I was like, whoa, they're, uh, they're certainly asserting themselves, and he is leading that line, and he got his goal to prove that. So I certainly agree with that they were no slouch i'm surprised they're where they're at in the table but i think uh if Vieira can stay and you know gallagher obviously go back on loan or back to chelsea but we'll see what they can continue to do with windows like that what are you guys overall feeling we've had we've had about 24 hours to to process it kevin where are you at with it i think Losing is never enjoyable in any way. Sometimes even draws are are not fun to deal with. My biggest concern at this point is not the loss. Like, losses are going to happen. Bad games are going to happen. We're going to drop points. But the injuries, for me, I think are the bigger concern. Hmm. That this is the second straight game now that Nuno hasn't made it out for the second half between Palace and Forest. And now with KT being done for the season – you're expecting that Nuno is going to have to perform. And then to make matters worse, we haven't heard necessarily about Partey yet. 
but I think it's easy as an Arsenal fan to expect the worst. And even if he's out three weeks, that is a significant chunk of time in some big matches and, and is a, a huge worry because if we go Jaka to left back, like we came out in the second half, then that's weakening that Jaka parte duo in the midfield. That's been so dynamic for us. And then, you couple that with Partey being out potentially for a while, and it's a it's a big change. We haven't seen much of Lokonga over the last couple of months, hmm. and I think he was good to start the year, and we liked him a lot, and I think started to fizzle out. He was playing a lot of minutes at that time too. So, so for me, there was what has stung much more is not necessarily the result itself, but just everything that transpired with the injuries. Yeah, if if we lose 3-0 with Tierney and Party finishing the game, we can kind of brush this off and think, yep, you know, we'll that was a, a one-off. We'll go back and get the next one, which very much reflects Arteta's comments and Odegaard's comments after the game, um, knowing that we need work to make sure this is just a one-off. Um, but the injuries, uh, that certainly changes the feel. That's a that's a – I don't know what the word is, but that makes the loss uh, – it just expounds it for sure. Ben, how are you How are you feeling after getting to process it a little bit? This is our little therapy session. Yeah, some catharsinal. Yes. <laughs> uh, overall, it doesn't – I wanted to turn the match off yesterday because it wasn't tactical. It wasn't – Palace were so much better than us. It just felt like we were off. And that's just going to happen from time to time, especially with a young team. And already missing kind of KT, who holds us together a little bit. And those things just seem to happen. And so I'm not super concerned about it. I'll, injuries aside, you knew – I we all knew that we were going to have one shocker result. Uh, it sucks that it's coming – first in this run of 10 to end the season. Um, And so we need to bounce back from it, but it doesn't feel like it's, Oh, Arteta got it all wrong. Oh, we're a terrible team. Oh, it just felt like as a collectively, we didn't travel well and didn't play well. Hmm. Yeah. It's uh, I go back initially on the, the last pod when we previewed it a little bit, I was thinking, you know, these guys should have so much confidence. So many guys scoring during international breaks, so many guys representing their country and should be having confidence. But you look at most of the 11, they're guys that traveled and, and did something and uh, or were coming back from a sickness, whatever. And uh, we certainly looked sluggish. I have no idea. Um, it, it's easy for me to say that. It will be very, very interesting at Brighton, what team shows up. Um, I guess it'll be at home against Brighton. But, um, yeah, I think uh, we can just hope hope it's a one-off for sure. We'll be very interested to see what things look like. Um, the KT injury, let's – I mean, that changes everything. It reminds me very much of that when we were at this point last season, Europa League, Granite Xhaka left back, or – is it going to be Saka at left back? What, Kevin, we'll start with you. 
let's talk a little bit about what does the formation I mean I think the formation stays the uh, well maybe does it stay the same what do you think the lineup slash formation looks like moving forward let's assume that Partey could be back but he I mean he won't be back for now I think he'll miss a couple games for sure if not the whole season and potential of Tomiyasu coming back what are you thinking the personnel looks like as we line up against Brighton so my expectation is and I've changed this over the last 24 hours as I thought about it but I honestly think that Arteta is going to go back to a bit what we were doing to begin which will be I think one of the changes we've seen lately is Xhaka moving up the onto the left side. And now I'm expecting Xhaka to stay in the midfield and then drop into the kind of that left back role that he used to play. And by doing that, it allows Nuno to play to his strengths because he had some great performances earlier in the year where he was just bombing up the field and teams could do nothing to slow him down. And I think, that change allows him to get forward much more and utilize him well that way. And then I think you'll see Smith Rowe then out on the left, like he did a lot to begin the season, him cutting in central and more so playing going back to where we were at in the beginning part of the season. It's interesting when, when fit the lineup picks itself, and when you miss, depending on who it is, but if you're missing one guy, it really could change a lot. Now missing two, even three with Tomiyasu, it's like, okay, you the, the squad depth and the lack of it is frightening. And you really got to get, get creative if you are having second thoughts on anyone. Maybe like Nuno. Ben, what are your thoughts moving forward? I think you have to give Nuno another run. Start similar to how we did yesterday. I don't think we can switch to a back three. I think that would just throw off the progression we've made. Maybe in a few big games we would switch to a back three. Um, do you think in... there's any? Do you think there's any chance we switch back to double pivot with Jaka? And Sambi, or do you think we go four three three? I, I think it'll be a half by half basis. Mm. Honestly, I think Arteta will try to go four three three, having Jacka be slightly more conservative, and then if it if it flames out, you can easily just have him hold. So I don't know if that's the biggest question for me because Jaka can adapt to that pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I think it does free Nuno up a little bit more, but I think Mikel sees the benefit in bringing him forward a little bit. He, he certainly needs to go. We need to unleash him. Like Kevin said, he's not, he just needs to, I think we tactically need to just let him go every time and try to simplify it to where he's not, stuck making decisions because you could tell even on both goals, not attacking related, but he's he's thinking about what to do. And I think we saw this with Cedric when he came back. It's like, oh my gosh, Cedric, he's he's back in the Forest game, the Liverpool game when he had to come in. Um, and, you know, then he had a couple decent performances 
I think with any player that's been out so long, you know, Cedric, a veteran, let alone somebody like Nuno, who's even so much younger, I just got to get some games in. Um, and I hope that's the case with him. And I hope he gets another chance for his sake, because that would just be gutting to be hauled off at half both times. Um, I understand the tactics, but that's a hard, hard thing on a young pro. And I hope he can, can bounce back. Do you guys have any thoughts that Xhaka would play left back and Smith row in kind of how we started the second half? Or do you think you feel good about Nuno getting another chance? Nuno will get another chance. That's my gut feeling. Post game, Arteta said that the Nuno sub happened just because they were changing shape. And that's why that happened. I also feel, especially if Partey is out on Saturday, I don't see him wanting to remove Xhaka from the midfield. So I think part of that will ride on the Partey injury. Yes, I know we're awaiting the scans. It doesn't seem like he'll play for Brighton. But what what does help, I think, Nuno, is that we're playing at home and we're playing Brighton. Now, Brighton, they will have Tariq Lamptey. If, if he's fit, he's struggled with injury, but you have him at right wing back, and that makes life a little bit more difficult about choosing who to defend. But I'll take anyone at home compared to – the two hostile, hostile road games that he's uh, had to jump in. And I hope maybe that gives him an element of, of comfort and maybe some confidence coming back. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with you both. I think Nuno comes back in. I think Gabby starts. Um, I think the only encouraging thing I can take away from the game was that Mikel did not hesitate to make changes in his first two years, two and a half of his two and a half years or however long he's been involved. I think one of the major criticisms, you know, outside of all the improvements that we've made is that he's waited to pull the trigger on subs. Um, and he did not wait in this position. I don't think we've been down to know half very often, but it did seem like something he thought we could get something out of. And the second half, you know, up before the penalty, we were pushing really hard. And um, still not maybe not breaking down as we wanted to, but we had two chances. And like you said, the XG outside of their penalty um, was was level. And it's a, a 3-0 scoreline. doesn't look like there was anything positive to take from it. But I will take that. It's just, you're right, Kevin. It's a game that we love, and this is why we love it, because they can score two that we didn't score and get another one, and that looks much different. And uh, that's... That's the beauty of it, for sure. So, any closing thoughts on the hunt for fourth place? We certainly lost some major momentum. Do we think Lacazette is able to push us over the line? I think that part of preparing today, I was just looking at stats for Arsenal over the season, and one of the Worrisome things for me right now is with Lacazette's current form, one goal in 17 games is concerning for any any number nine. And I know that Lacazette has been dropping down a lot and helping out with building play, but obviously you like your number nine to get to get goals, and that's 16 games now. Now, I'll say that's one goal in the run of play in 17 games. He did have the penalty that sealed the Leicester win. 
which was huge. And I, I was going through some of Laka's numbers. I know XG for him, he is actually minus 3.45 for, and I did some research that I looked at the top 95 goal scorers in the Premier League this season, and that is the worst XG that exists in the Premier League. I didn't go deeper than that. I also looked at assists, and his expected assists are actually 3.99 higher than expected, Mm. which shows the quality of the guys that are around him with Saka and Smith Rowe and Martinelli and the goals and Odegaard, the goals that they've scored. And if you just take his expected assists down to zero, so everything's like it should be, that leaves him only with three assists on the season, which then is more concerning to me since we like to talk about how he's at least providing that big part of the play. And I know you can be a part of the buildup and not get an assist, but only Pogba and Andy Robertson have a higher expected assist rate in the Premier League. And you look at the goals that Ronaldo has scored for United and the goals that Liverpool's front five or six guys score, those numbers really aren't aren't a surprise. And then the last stat that concerns me for him is in our last five matches, Lacazette has only put in five total tackles. And three of those were in the Watford result late in that game. He did not have a single tackle in the Leicester or the Villa game. So I'm just trying to a little bit. When you break out these stats, it makes you question what he does. And he's wearing the armband. I mean, I know there's value to his play, but it certainly makes it look like we're carrying a bit of a passenger in our critical goal-scoring position who's leading the team. And exactly. In our in Arteta's defense, I don't know that we have a better option. A month or two ago, Arsenal fans would have been furious if Nketiah was ever discussed in the starting lineup. Or even seeing the field at times, people were frustrated. And it's a huge change all of a sudden to put in Martinelli or another guy into that spot. So I think just for the rest of these last nine games, now it's figuring out what's going to work for us. And you have, have the feeling that if Lacazette can score two or three goals, that we will get what we need to finish top four. But if he's not scoring, it's going to become that much more difficult for us to get the points that we need. We need something from somebody else. If, if we're going to make it, and we're going to need a little something from Laka because the youngsters on the wings have been carrying so much of a goal scoring burden. It's, it's hard to see us give up a goal and think we've, we've got, we've got goals in us. Last night, I thought that I thought it was early, but I thought where are the goals going to come from, and you know we we have hardly conceded this early all season. Wolves is the only other standout one recently, but it's uh usually we we've we go at least the first half and and leave it open and and um can take care of things after that. But giving up an early goal, giving up a goal, it's it's hard to see where it's going to come from. And especially with how our creators played last night, Saka was 
was absolutely shackled on the sideline by Mitchell until late. Smith-Rowe had a hard time getting going. It was – Odegaard had probably his worst performance in the Arsenal shirt. Then you have Lacazette, and it's like, how are we going to score a goal? And that will be crucial to the run-in, no doubt. Ben, any quick thoughts on I, top four? Yeah, I still feel confident we have a game in hand. I pick this side over Spurs any day. I just don't. I know Spurs have some quality, but I don't. They actually don't have any quality, let's be honest. And so I just think that we have a chance to do something special and unexpected this season. And I think Mikel will get the boys up for it. I still have hope. I'll have hope on the last day of the season. You know, like I said, we we could beat Brighton and Spurs play at Villa, and the narrative changes again. It's uh, we're in a position where we can we can sweat, and it's been a while since we could sweat chasing good things, no doubt. So we'll end it there for today, boys. Appreciate hearing from you both. Uh, we could do this group therapy together after we suffered a horrendous result, but I think uh, we can. We can find out some optimism knowing that we're not suffering alone. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, and I'll give a shout out footballreference.com, fref.com is where all those stats came from. Did, did they pay you to to do that? Did we get that approved? So I'm working with them and Adidas from the last pod trying to get <laughs> some sponsorships here. But any any stat you're looking for is on that website. I could have been on there for hours. And we could be talking on here for another two or three hours, but we don't have the time for that, unfortunately. We will link FB Ref in the tweets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. All right, boys. Have a great evening, and we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, as always. Take care. That is that, everyone. Thank you for joining. We will be back on Friday for a Brighton preview. Hopefully our Gunners can get back on track. Thank you for listening, bros. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your evening.